hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, along with my producer, Steph, and we are streaming live from the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy Studio, as we always do every Thursday, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on our midweek podcast. And don't miss out Monday because we stream 1230 to 1.30 on my personal Facebook page and the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy Facebook page. And stay tuned because the episodes get uploaded to YouTube. So subscribe to the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy YouTube page. Today, you don't want to miss out. We have Matt Orth on today. He has been on before. He is a director of HR and he has a experience with using direct primary care to save employers literally millions of dollars. So he's worked for a few big employers back in the Midwest, and he saved them millions of dollars by using direct primary care. And speaking of direct primary care, we have Dr. Shane Purcell on today, and he will be um, teaming with Matt to talk about how he as a doctor has helped employers save money. So if you or any of your friends um, are self-employed or know of an employer that is trying to save money on healthcare, which I think Matt a few weeks ago discussed that I think it's like 25% or something. Matt can go further into that later, but of, of an employer's um, expense is healthcare now. Um, don't quote me on that. Matt can clear that up, but it's a very, very big expense. And if you can save, you know, 25%, it's a, it's a way to, um, and help your employees, it would be a much better option. So tune in, share that with your friends, share this episode with your friends that are self-employed or know of an employer that is trying to save money on healthcare. So without further ado, um, Dr. Purcell, welcome to our show. And Matt, welcome to our show. Thank Thanks you, Sean. Lot. And Good Dr. Purcell, I'm gonna go ahead and let you introduce yourself. Um, you have not been our, on our show before and tell us a little bit about um, yourself and the history of your DPC practice along with the name. Sure. Uh, uh, I practice in Anderson, South Carolina, which is in the northwest corner of South Carolina. Um, if you draw a line between Atlanta and Charlotte, there's an interstate that runs between Atlanta and Charlotte. We're almost dead right in the middle. Um, so um, upstate South Carolina, uh, been practicing here. I came and did my residency here in 99 and just stayed in the community. So I've been here for over 20 years now. Um, uh, started out doing uh, private practice for a couple of years, realized that uh, doing, continuing to do traditional practice was just not going to work because of the paperwork and button clickings and all the stuff that you had to do. Just uh, transition over to urgent care for a while, and then I opened up my own uh, urgent care and primary care practice. Um, so I've never really worked in the system, I would say. I've never been a, a employed physician, always worked for myself. Um, and had a cash-only clinic in 2005 that I started, which was the only one in town. It was basically like going into McDonald's. You just walk in and you pay $45 a visit, and $10 for this, $10 for that. Right. Uh, it's the only only clinic like that in, in in our community. And you know that's the way healthcare used to be. It used to be like that 100 years ago, uh, but so nobody was doing it back then. And so I did that for a, a few years and opened then opened up an urgent care, and it kind of went out of control we ended up having four or five pro uh, providers and a bunch of nurses and we were taking some insurance by then we're seeing 60 70 people a day it just get got super hectic and um i was getting further further away from primary care uh, which is what my training was 
And so uh, that was about in 2012, um, I was trying to get back into doing more primary care. And that's when direct primary care was starting to take off. Mm -hmm. Um, We were starting to get some technology that was helpful for direct primary care, Um, certain EMR systems and mechanisms where you could do a lot more video visits and telemedicine and texting. And uh, the technology got real advanced. Um, So look more into doing urgent care, uh, transition away from urgent care to doing more uh, primary care again. And we opened up our direct primary care clinic in 2015. um, And I transitioned away from full to full direct primary care in 2016, January 2016. um, And basically been focused on direct primary care since then. Um, here in Anderson, we're the only direct primary care clinic in our community of about 200,000 people. Wow. Uh, we're up to, um, we have four physicians and one um, PA in our clinic now. And uh, each each physician or provider has a uh, their own medical assistant. So we have about 12 employees. Um, and we're currently adding, slowly adding people, but we have a massive waiting list because there's so much demand in our community. Um, and along with that demand, and hopefully Matt can speak to this, is the more and more employer demand as these prices and fees and everything gets out of control. Um, you know, everybody's tired of getting those 10, 8 to 10 percent raises every year on their premiums. More and more employers are looking at, hey, I need a different way to do this. Many are looking at the self-funded options on how to how to go about doing that and matching that up with, um, you know, third-party administrators, TPAs uh, that are really good at working self-funded plans, but also trying to partner up with direct primary care clinics um, in communities. We actually partner with a couple of clinics that are in our general community, not necessarily in our same county, but we have others in the next county over that we partner with. And so if we have our large employer, we, we will feed out, we'll do a contract and just try to get people opportunity to, you can go to this clinic here, which is, you know, 30 miles away, you can get this clinic in our town. So we try to partner with other DPC clinics and really have sort of a, like a mini network for that employer, which has worked out pretty good so far. Well, thank you for what you're doing. And considering you have five providers, you said, I think, and, um, you know, you're obviously growing. It, it, it's a testament to how well DPC Work, is working and it's also a testament to that it's not going away in my opinion i think dpc is the future of medicine we'll still have traditional medicine i, I don't think we'll ever get away of that whether we want to or not um but dpc is definitely here and um and thank you for what you're doing dr purcell because um it, it you know patients are really grateful for that and employers are too so thank you so much oh yeah it's been a great ride so far yeah. And so, Matt, tell us a little bit. You, you heard Dr. Purcell's story and tell us a little bit about um, how you have worked with DPCs being the head of um, employers to, to save them on health care. How have you worked with B- DPCs and integrated them into an employer's health care plan? Sure. <clears throat> well, I've um, got through about 23 years uh, progressively in human resources type roles. And most recently before my current role, I was the VP of HR and medical services for a company called Merrill Steel in central Wisconsin. And the medical services was actually added to my title after we uh, delved into it and had great success. So um, I, my the perspective that I speak from is an employer perspective. 
And it's one out of frustration that I think many employers have in that you start to look at your medical cost and you had mentioned it, a 9% increase for about 20 average nationally for about 20 years in a row. Uh, it's really not sustainable. It's, uh, it's becoming unaffordable and we've seen employer plans degrade more or less to where they're just catastrophic plans. You pay a lot out of your paycheck and then you have uh, uh, huge deductibles typically after that. So you're really avoiding healthcare um, or you're certainly, if you are getting healthcare, it's, you're paying far too much for it. So the, we had started off with uh, an onsite um, was in our case, we had our, all of our employees were kind of together. We did another one later at our two locations. So we had both. We started off not knowing much. Um, pretty much what I know about this topic is all learned from conversations and experience. I don't think there's a textbook on it. Maybe we should write one, a book on it. See. But- We'll get into that later, won't we, Dr. Purcell? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So he has, a book, he has a book about that. Okay. Yeah. And I think it'd be I think this conversation should be very fascinating today because it's blending that DPC expert with probably a somewhat unique and maybe growing employer experience. You know, it, it stems from the notion we shop for everything else in life. We shop, uh, I try to shop local, but I mean, you shop on Amazon, you got stars for quality and you got cost. If you go to the local car lot, you got your brands that you trust and you don't and your prices and so forth. And, but if, if anywhere we're shopping, whether it be a TV or a car or you name it, uh, we go Christmas shopping. If we don't like the deals in front of us, we see a price first of all, which is nice. Uh, but if we don't like the deals in front of us, what do we do? We, we shop elsewhere. And so I think the DPCs are, are springing up all over America because employers and the uh, narrow network and the kind of in the 40% off of the unseen, invisible, moving charge master numbers is not acceptable anymore. So as employers are waking up, uh, they are here in central Wisconsin. I lead a best practice group and it's nothing fancy at all. It's it's a collaboration of employers who are trying to do better. Um, but uh, we're, I think, we're, you know, and we have a meeting next week with some employers who are very interested in uh, starting a DPC, typically near sites. So I think that gives us the opportunity to shop elsewhere. And when you shop elsewhere, then it, it wakes up those that have that have monopolized or have all the business, but haven't had to perform for it. They, they don't, they're not working on efficiencies. They're not working on quality and they're raising prices arbitrarily. Dr. Purcell, can you speak to that as far as transparency and DPC pricing and, and quality, even though the price is a lot less than what a local big healthcare corporation entity or hospital is. Can you speak to that? Yeah. Well, I mean, how much time do you guys have? I mean, Lord. <laughs> you've got the, the floor. <laughs> the truth is, and hopefully Matt can back this up because he has probably actual numbers and data that he can probably look at from previous businesses where he's worked at. But um, and many, many uh, wise advisors and brokers, whoever you're working with as your employer that are setting up really crafting unique plans that will work with DPC, either on site or, or local DPC and are using smart um, TPAs and they're using, you know, self-funded plans that are wise, many will tell you in your community, their hospital systems and the most expensive hospital systems are usually have the best, the least quality. So 
in healthcare, quality and price are inversely related, uh, which is very unique. Um, so it, you, there's a good chance in your community at the hospital that's charging less is probably providing better quality. And all, there's, there's, there's ways to look at that data and get that information. Uh, but um, so we, we kind of focus on, on price a lot. Uh, we're sort of, we're, we're pretty adamant and uh, about getting the best price for our patients, whether it's medications, labs, imaging, those kind of things. Um, uh, you know, half of our patients are individuals, right? They're not coming here through an employer. So for the most part, they're paying out of pocket. And even our employed patients still, still have co-pays and deductibles. So uh, if we can, if we think we can get a test to check X-ray or, or anything that's cheaper than their copay or deductible, we're going to say, hey, you could go here and just, you can go here and pay 40 bucks with your, or you can go here with your insurance and pay a hundred. You might as well just go here and pay 40. Right. Um, so we're always looking out for the best interest of the patient, which includes financial interest, right? So it's not just do no harm, you know, medically, it's also do no harm financially, right? So if I, if I write an order for um, a prescription that I know is going to be $800 a month, and I send them to the pharmacy, but they can't afford that $800 a month, have I really helped them in any way? So it's not been really helpful. Um, so we really have to be smart about the, um, the things that we write for prescriptions, but also working with local companies and employers that can use, uh, uh, that have uh, lower cost. And, and sometimes that can be tricky because you, you can't get that information. Like if you're working with a health hospital system, I'm sure Matt can speak to this, trying to figure out, oh, well, what does a CAT scan cost me? What can I get a CT scan for? Well, it depends on what day it is. And <laughs> right. it depends on who's in charge that day and how it's coded. So, um, those things, you know, trying to find work with independent pharmacies is good. Working with independent uh, uh, imaging centers is good. You know, avoiding hospitals as much as you can because that's where they drive up cost. So that's where we try to work with employers to say, hey, hey, here's the places that we work with that we know we can get like an individual good prices. So we're hoping that you guys can get good prices for your uh, your employees too. So, Matt, can you go ahead and piggyback on that and um, kind of talk about some of the ways that you have, you know, talk to the big systems and then also the, the uh, um, you know, more independent systems where you save lots of money on like MRIs, for instance? I know you have a good story about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's amazing how much our, our statements and our conversations are the same. I use the same phrases and the do no harm is a, is a big one, right? I think we're Wisconsin's pretty decent for, for quality, but our cost is one of the worst. And there, there's a lot of things that I learned along the way. You know, I guess when I, when we, it's, I, it's, it actually makes me laugh when I look back at the proposal that I put forth for the DPC that we started with. I mean, it was, it was innocent and it was um, good intent, but it was, it was naive in many ways, but right. But, but one of the things with, with that is right, is having the courage to try because we already know what we have. We have um, uh, invisible high prices that come later, and we have um, you know look at look at the typical visit. It's 15 minutes. It's a hamster wheel. It's cranking them out. There's very little time for care, relationship, and conversation. Old school medical care and that was very effective, and so it's become this churning system. And there, all there really is time to do in that 15 minutes is refer. So. 
you know, when we started off, um, when I first started learning about these, you know, I thought, well, we'll save money on primary care. And, and that should be true. The worst you should do is break even on the cost of primary care. Dr. Purcell indicated many, many of the, of the next wins though. And I would, I would argue that the next wins are where the, are the big wins. So once you have the gateway, once you have the relationship with the DPC, whether it's on-site or near-site, it doesn't, I don't think it matters that much. If you have to partner with other employers, if you're not big enough, partner with other employers and do a near-site. But it's those, it's that interruption, if you will, whatever words you want to choose, uh, the interruption of the referral process, because many of the referrals within the system, many are incentivized to refer. Uh, many of those referrals are unnecessary altogether, first of all. So we're only going to do necessary referrals. But then the strategy that we took was interrupting the highest cost of healthcare. So looking at the claims, uh, the top five, and there's some other things too, but the top five were imaging, orthopedics, oncology, cardiology, and NICU. <clears throat> but also looking at other things like, like blood work. Blood work and labs, uh, we could send those directly to Quest, which many of the systems even send to Quest. But we found in the examples we saw, the markup was 1,000 to 1,500% that we could just send them to Quest ourselves through the DPC. Same, same tests, same companies even. The MRI, Sean, you've heard that example where we could we put in a plug that was, we wanted to interrupt the imaging. It comes before the orthopedic and bundling. Uh, but we put in a plug and, and now we're seeing those plugs being put in even by, by the companies in town. Uh, but you can get an MRI and a read for around $600, some places even less in bigger cities, but $600. But if that same driver and that same tech gets in that truck and then they drive and they plug in at the hospital system, the charge magically becomes 5,000, wow. give or take. Now that MRI company is still making 600. They're not making anymore. They just plugged in and somewhere else. Uh, but that doesn't sound like what a what a good in, what the right intent for a nonprofit community hospital should be. If they're that efficient, then they should work on efficiencies. But that's not fair to the consumer because there's no value in that in that markup of 44 or whatever that number is. But give or take 4,400 dollars. And and one of the things from what I've learned is that. A DPC doctor and doctors uh, Purcell, you can talk to this. Is is good at you know finding those places where a patient can save money. So I'm assuming, Doctor Purcell, you have a way to really save patients money on labs and on imaging. Is that correct? Because you know where to refer them to and where not to refer them. Correct? Yeah. So we have a we have a local imaging place that we use, and then we we have some actual imaging places that we have in the next community over. That we'll use too that we know where we can get uh, ultrasounds and echocardiograms and things for 200 bucks um, you know 250 uh, echocardiogram of the heart which is about a, a quarter to a third of what it is at the local hospital system um, and it's read by cardiologists so it's a good it's a good test and then we do we do all our labs in-house sort of as as matt was saying sort of the same approach we, we have a an incredible uh, contract with LabCorp, which is the competitor to Quest, the major competitor. But, but that, um, but we get it's ridiculous what we charge our patients. It, it's so you know you can do a, a CBC blood count test for like two dollars is what we end up charging our patients. You know, a thyroid you test give, for like three or four dollars. 
Right. And that's incredible. $2 for CBC. Will you give an example so our listeners and viewers know what would that same test run at a hospital? What have you heard? Well, in our hospital system, the last time I saw it posted, they, they, they would run cash, cash pay prices and it would be like $30 for that same test, which is not terrible. No. But that's a massive markup, you know, because that test, in my opinion, I'm sure the hospital system can run that test for 50 cents, maybe less. Um, and so uh, most of those are going to be 30 to $40. Now, if you bill them through insurance, like if, if you did, like a lipid panel might be billed at 150 bucks through insurance. Now, the hot, the, your, your, your employer is only going to pay maybe $15 of that or whatever. The final payment may be 15 but it's going to be billed out massive amounts. Um, but we could do it here. And we, we our large employer that we work with, we just do the labs for them here because it saves them so much money, uh, massive amounts of money, than trying to run it through their TPA and then trying to pay that later. Um, so we just do a lot of the labs here. And we do a, a lot of the uh, generic medications through our clinic as well, just uh, because we can get them so cheap. Well, and the reality of it is, is, you know, every pharmacy can get them cheap too. It's just they don't know how to bill for cash anymore. Most pharmacies yep. deal with insurance companies. So, you know, they charge something that should be $5. They charge $50, even though the insurance doesn't pay them that. It's a complete mm -hmm. racket and it's just, it's got to stop. And that's why we really have to train employees or, or patients that paying cash many times for routine services, whether it be lab work, whether it be a doctor visit, or whether it be um, even certain imaging, especially if a high deductible, it's just better to pay cash um, oh, yeah. because then there's no surprises too, right? Yeah, for sure. So Matt, tell us how, how would a DPC um, what is the best way for a DPC to approach a, a, a fairly good size employer, you being in that role, a fairly good size employer to say, hey, um, I want to start, I, I, we have some ways to save you money. What's the best way for a DPC um, clinic or doctor to do that? The, the DPCs that I've worked with and what I've seen, and it's great that, you know, that you can get the community thing going because I, I've seen that in the bigger areas. Uh, where they can serve both the community and then partner with an employer. In our area, the ones that, uh, and, they're, and they're just starting to pop up in a lot of places in Wisconsin and across the nation, um, but is to work directly with an employer. And there's, all, there's different fee models that, that can be done. Fee for service is an option. It's not as common, um, but it, it's, a, it's kind of a safer start. If you can keep it really simple, right? We don't want to bog down the DPC with administrative uh, work and costs, um, but it's safe because you only pay if you use it. You know, you can open it up to all your members. Uh, there's a blend model where maybe it's a low PM, PM, that's per member per month per belly button, uh, and then maybe some additional charges for certain services. And then there's probably the most common is all in, you know, where you're paying uh, good rates. I've seen maybe $50 PM, PM, but they can go all the way up to 90 uh, or more. So, you know, I think DPCs also have to be careful in terms of what they're charging because we don't want to uh, go animal farm, as I call it, where we start out with good intent and then 10 years later, we're just as corrupt as the original system. Right. So who would be the contact person? A DPC doctor was trying to network with an employer that's a bigger size, you know, that has maybe multi 
multi layers of management, who would be the best person for the DPC doctor to um, go to? You know, Sean, what I found, and, and Dr. Purcell may have an opinion on this, but you know, it's, it's maybe not a title because you're looking for a person who um, is maybe more action oriented. A lot of people like to be second, not a lot, not a lot of people like to be first and be the first one to try something and see if it works. Uh, so kind of the Mavericks, and I mean that in a fun way, you know, in the company, I, I've seen that as sometimes it's the, the owner um, of, a, of, a, of a private company. Sometimes it's the CEO, sometimes it's the CFO, sometimes it's the HR person. Uh, so I think you maybe need to find out who uh, is, who's the person at the respective company that's aware uh, of the cost. That's the first step. You know, a big gap in this, and I would argue maybe the biggest gap in all of this is employers, the payers of that side of healthcare, right? Half of, half of it is, is paid by the government roughly, and the other half is on the commercial employer side uh, that are paying these uh, costs. So you had mentioned at the start of the show, right? It's an employer's typically second, almost always second or third highest cost and, and we'll manage purchasing, purchase, the purchasing department will manage materials and supplies and so forth, equipment down to the penny. And they'll negotiate hard all day long. That's what they do. Right. But yet we'll get out the checkbook and self-insured employers even will write million dollar checks and think nothing of it. And, and not question whether there was, right, another quote, another option, a chance to shop, whether the price was fair, et cetera. So, one of the big steps, and that's kind of my drive right now, is helping employers in the area, finding those people within those respective companies who who are frustrated and are aware and willing to do something about it. Uh, because if that group doesn't act, we can have we can have all sorts of DPCs everywhere, but they'll sit empty. They'll sit empty and they'll sit idle. And uh, it's the employers that need to initiate a lot of these steps. And, and Dr. Purcell, you kind of wrote a book about this, correct? Yeah. Um, Can you tell us about your book? <clears throat> so uh, the book is called Magic Pixie Dust and Miracles. And it's basically, it's two-sided, really. It's about our journey through uh, DPC, working with employers specifically and how that came about. And then uh, and lots of tips and for, you know, for DPC doctors um, uh, to how to connect with employers, but also lots of tips in there for benefits advisors, you know, you know, where we're coming from, from DPC, because as Matt mentioned earlier, we, we do not want to certainly end up two years from now going back to a fee for service type field where we're doing the same kind of work we were doing before. Well, we need all these codes and bills put in. We need you to do prioritizations. We need you to do this. So we're right back where we started uh, only spending 10 minutes with a patient, which is not what we want to do in direct primary care. So it talks about uh, our perspective, where we're coming from, and why we did DPC, why it makes sense, and then how con employers can connect with DPC physicians. You know, I'm a, I'm a founding member of the DPC Alliance, which is a national organization of independent DPC physicians across the country, and we have about 500 members or so, and half of those are residents and students, which we love because we want them to pursue primary care with the inside of doing independent direct care practice. Um, but we have tons of DPC docs across the country and we're doing classes and training and learning sort of like Matt saying he's doing with employers. We're doing the same thing with physicians, 
trying to rescue them out of the system that they're burned out, frustrated and ready to quit. And so if we don't try to rescue some of these physicians and show them that, hey, direct primary care is is a good way to go. And there are employers that really want this service. They may not realize it or understand it, but there are employers out there that that really could use this service. Uh, So the book is a lot about that, our steps, how we did it, how we connected with a benefits advisor, uh, how we connected with the employer. Um, And the the number one way, obviously, to connect with employer, and uh, Matt sort of touched on this, is, is basically almost all of our connections are people who see us already in our practice. They're a CEO of a company mm-hmm. and they're our patient already. And they say, Hey, I want to take this to all my employees or we have a high level employee. Our, our, our um, uh, connection that we had with our County, which is our largest employer was a high level employee that worked for the County administrator was our patient. And he kept saying, listen, you guys need to think about doing this. Cause it's, I mean, I have, I have our own insurance and I still pay to go here because it saves me so much money. And so he kept getting in their ear. And then finally we, we were able to talk with him. It took a three, it was three years for us of talking and thinking about things, but it's a municipality, which is a huge ship to turn around. Right. Number two, this municipality had been on the same uh, Bluca plan uh, insurance plan for 20 plus years. So to drop that plan and go self-funded was a massive, massive undertaking. And, you know, all these people were responsible. Most of them are county council people are voted in. So there's a lot of politics in that. Um, and it's big money when you're talking about, you know, it's a $10 million change because they were paying 10 million bucks every year to Blue Cross. And so, and they were getting zero data. They had no idea where the money was going. And so, all that's discussed in, in my book about how we work with this employer and how that how that settled out. But there's a lot of tips in there about trying to connect with employers and connecting with brokers or advisors. I call them advisors. You want a, an advisor is critical. Do you have someone that understands what Matt's trying to do, which is save money and get the best care for his employees, and what we're trying to do, which is try to take care of employees without costing a lot of money. You got to merge those together, and that's there's a lot of magic pixie dust and miracles to make that those three right. things come together. You got to have a willing physician that wants to do DPC. You got to have an employer with the courage to say, Hey, I got to do something different. And you got to have an advisor that can put all that together to make it work. And it has to be a self-funded plan with a TPA and a stop loss insurance and all the things have to come together to make sense. Um, and that's kind of what the, the book is about. That's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. And we do have um, some comments on Facebook. Let's see if there's any questions. Um, actually, it just looks like some comments. But th- there's a there's a person commenting um, that they got a uh, a an MRI, $145 um, for cash in Idaho, um, rather than going Man. through their insurance. Yeah. Um, and there's just some stories they're talking about on that. So people really need to know. Um, that they can be better off many times paying cash and using a DPC doctor or their primary care doctor um, as an advocate to to tell them, you know, where the best place to go is. So, Matt, can you kind of sum up our our podcast as we kind of wind this up? Um, you know, what would in in a couple sentences, what would be the the um, what would be the easiest way if a doctor was trying 
to go to an employer to save money and they were trying to get a hold of you, what would be the easiest way to get to you? And um, I know you've already, you already know the details, but if you didn't know the details, what would be the easiest way to get in the door and, and get to get you talking? If, if I were in the DPC shoes and cause I, cause I, I know the employer shoes well, I would maybe have, they call them round tables, they call them summits, but gather employers together and, and talk about these things that, as we've talked about for years, are somewhat obvious to us, are not at all obvious. I signed that paper many, many years in HR without right to the narrow network and signed away our ability and all my employees' ability to shop without really being aware of it, right? None of us would go Christmas shopping and fill up our cart with, with toys and products that were on shelves that were not marked and then say, just send me the inflated bill later. None of us would do that. We would shop elsewhere. So I think as DPCs give us an opportunity, they give us the gateway. They're not the end solution. They're beginning the beginning of the solution to shop elsewhere for MRIs, for orthopedic bundles. Um, and so DPCs are the gateway to do that. I think it's, I think it's going to be big if employers are willing to move. Yeah, it already is big, and I think it's just growing even more. I think it's going to create a revolution in healthcare because there is going, there's definitely, you know, when you're talking about what you're basically talking about, Matt, you know, shopping, it, it's free market. I mean, every other industry that we deal with, whether it be um, buying a car, you know, buying a TV, or even buying a house, there's a free market involved. With healthcare, it's just usually not that way. Um, in, you know, patients are usually told where to go with their in-network programs based on their employer or based on some government system. And so price can go up, quality can go down, service can go down, and the people are just stuck. It's really created a, a, a monster and a monopoly, really. So um, we want people to be free to choose their own doctor, to choose their own services, and how much they're willing to pay. It's amazing. It's amazing how it's happened. I mean, we, the, if I always say if a problem goes on long enough, we don't see it anymore. Uh, through school for about seven or eight years at the age of 19, I started a construction business and, and grew it. And then I got into my career after that. But I used to do a lot of roofing. And for instance, I would never imagine showing up to someone's house and not expect to give them a quote on a new roof. Right. Right. And if, and if the roofer shows up at your house and you would never expect to say, put on the roof and, you know, just send me the bill later. And so some of the things that just, just confuse me, we do every day in healthcare. So I think we need to wake up and get a new perspective and see a problem that's been there a long time and is only going to get worse if we don't act. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's not sustainable. It's really not like you were mm -hmm. talking about um, earlier in the show. I mean, an eight to 9% increase a year is not sustainable. No way. Dr. Purcell, as we wind this uh, podcast up in the last couple minutes, what would you like to um, tell employers about why they should use a, D a DPC doctor? What's the, what's the best way for them to feel comfortable doing that, getting out of the bukas, we call it? Right. Well, I would, I would say, I mean, there's several different ways you can, you can search for drip primary care clinics in your area. There's a website called dpcfrontier.com, dpcfrontier.com, and it has a, has a map there because you can see who who's doing direct care in your area, which is helpful. You can set up, you can contact them and say, hey, let's talk about this. Also, our um, our DPC Alliance that I'm a part of, dpcalliance.org, we have a 
a strong list of independent direct primary care physicians across the country that you can connect with and, uh, you know, team up, meet up and see how you can, you know, help each other. Those are big things. I, I think being a part of uh, larger organizations like Free Market Medical Association can be helpful uh, where you can meet other advisors, benefits advisors, brokers, other employers that, that join up going to some of those conferences can really be helpful. Um, and then really trying to find, you know, this is tricky, but and trying to find that uh, benefits advisor that understands where you're coming from. Um, it's helpful. Uh, and if you're a DPC physician trying to reach out in, in your area uh, to look at, you know, who, who, who's doing real hardcore financial savings for for employers in the benefits advisor arena, because most of them are just looking for their commission. They're looking for their bonuses. Um, and they're not doing the hard work and it's and um, I'm sure Matt would agree with this. This is not easy. I mean, it, it's hard work to save that money, but it's worth doing. And I think I think from a from an employer standpoint, I think whoever's in charge of the healthcare system is a, it should be a CEO level position. It should be you're the chief medical officer for your company and that, that does the CEO level work. And it is that critical for especially for a larger employer, if you got 500,000 employees, you're talking about massive amount of money. Um, and, and you'll spend, you'll have a CEO who's responsible for everyone, but somebody needs to be responsible for that, uh, that financial responsibility of healthcare. Uh, and it doesn't need to be the CFO. It needs to be somebody else. Um, uh, but as many times it's just the HR person and we don't have HR people like Matt that really care about right. it. They're, they're like, they're more like, Hey, you know what? I don't want to deal with this. I just want to sign this paper. Let's renew. Let's go and get this thing done because it's such hard work. Um, so it takes courage. I would reach out. If you're an employer, reach out to DPC. Look look for those DPC doctors in your community um, and, and get to know them and, and try to see if that, that that's a deal and a way to work together. So, Dr. Purcell, what, what, what do you have a passion for? What drives you? So... I mean, obviously, in our clinic, we have a passion for for doing direct care because we the biggest problem is we've lost as a physician. We've lost our oath, our original oath that we had 20. I took 20, 30 years ago um, to basically take care of patients. And what happens is the system basically sucks that out of you. It sucks your oath away where you really can't take care of patients. You can't have that patient relationship and the only way to take good care of people was to have a relationship it doesn't matter if it's your wife you know whoever it is your kid if you have no relationship you don't have time which is number one and if you only have eight minutes to see your patient you don't have time to really help them you certainly don't have time to evaluate a shoulder and maybe prevent an orthopedic referral um, so we need time so we can build relationships so we can really make a change and those are things where uh, most DPC, independent DPC physicians, I would say, are really passionate about, um, about patient care and getting back to our oath and doing what's right for patients. Um, that, 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 those are the big things that really keep us going every day. Um, it just makes it, uh, makes you want to get up and put your pants on every day and go to work and help people. Amen. Amen. So tell us where we can, uh, where people can find your book. So the best place is just Amazon.com. You can just look up Magic Pixie Dust and Miracles. There's there's not many books out there by that name. 
No. Um, you can also, you can also uh, find it on our, our, our website, um, uh, directaccess.md. Um, there's a link on my, on that page for, uh, my book. I think it says Dr. Shane's book and it just connects you over to Amazon. Um, so they, you can find it there, and uh, a lot of employers have found it helpful. I've got uh, several benefits advisor friends uh, across the country that they just keep copies of it, and they pass them out to employers so they can get a feel what where we're coming from, um, and they pass them out to their uh, benefits advisor friends. So it's good just to get a feel of where we're coming from, direct primary care, and how we can help each other. It's, it's basically how we can help advisors and how advisors can help us and how employers can help us and how we can help, help them. So everybody's looking for the win, 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 right? So that, you know, that's what we're Absolutely. looking for. This, this miracle of a win for everybody. All right. And Matt, if, if from an employer's side, if anybody has any questions, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah. Uh, my email is M-A-T-T-H-E-W-O-H-R-T-7-3 at gmail.com. That'd be the best one to, to reach me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you guys have definitely realized our goal today of health solutions uh, and it is to educate and empower individuals to take charge of their own health. And as we've said before, and as both you guys have said today, um, you know, financial is very important in that, um, like it is in any other decision of something we buy. So um, not only just be proactive in your own health, but also the financial portion of it. Um, so thank you guys very much for realizing that goal of educating and empowering individuals. I really appreciate it. And on that same note, um, one of the ways that we can save uh, money on healthcare is definitely direct primary care. Uh, also, one of the other ways, and I talk about it in my book called Sickened, How the Government Ruined Healthcare and How to Fix It, is to have a health sharing program. And we will have Jenny from Sedera Health. She will be on our podcast Monday uh, from 1230 to 1.30 Pacific Standard Time. And she will be talking about why you should use a, a health sharing program over traditional health insurance. And that and DPC alone can save thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars per year that you have in your pocket. And then you can direct the the money where you want it to go. And you also get to choose your own doctor. So that's a plus win win. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, Jenny with Sedera will be on 1230 to 1.30 with Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. And always, um, we appreciate you tuning in today. Listeners and viewers, please tune in Monday. You've been listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thank you so much. 